This is The Jerry Callahan Show. I know this is a cliche. I know we've done it a million times before. I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, let's pretend. Let's play make-believe here. Uh, a guy comes forward, an old guy, uh, a drug addict, former drug addict, a gay guy. Just we well, don't just pretend here, hypothetical, and says, "Yep, I had sex with Donald Trump. <laughs> we did a big pile of coke, and then we had sex." Do you think he might get some coverage in the mainstream media? Dead. Think Joe Scarborough and Jake Tapper and Joy Reid might give it a minute or two on their programs tonight. Do you think that would happen? This is just this is just too much. Uh, if you haven't heard yet, Tucker Carlson has an interview uh, tonight on Twitter, which is the only place Tucker can do his thing. And he's going to sit down with a guy named Larry Sinclair, who has signed an affidavit, affidavit, said he will take a lie detector test, which he's failed in the past. But, hey, you know, we don't need rock solid proof. They wouldn't. <laughs> there is no way Joe Scarborough would care how credible the guy is if he made those kind of accusations against Donald Trump. I'll say this for Larry Sinclair. He's more credible than E. Jean Carroll. He's more credible than all, than all the uh, Christine Blasey Ford. Believe Not all saying much. Believe all women, but, but <laughs> believe all women. What about all gay guys? So <laughs> Tucker is going to interview a guy who said he had sex and did Coke with Barack Obama. And uh, I just Googled this and nobody is covering it except for the Daily Mail. They'll cover anything. God bless them. And they go through the guy's whole history and he's got a very checkered past. But this is going to break Twitter today and it's going to drive so many people nuts. That's the beauty of what Tucker's doing now. He knows that he couldn't do this in his former for uh, his former place of employment. They would never allow it on Fox News. They would never allow it anywhere. I mean, I can't imagine even, you know, Daily Wire or The Blaze doing this. But Tucker's just so mischievous. He doesn't care. He's going to do this and he will be attacked or he'll be ignored, one or the other. But I can't help but think this would be so big. This would be the biggest story in the country, the biggest story of the summer, if it were, if this guy said uh, he did this with a Republican. That's how it works these days. And nobody... With the exception of Hunter Biden, nobody is more protected than Barack Obama. There's so much we still don't know about Barack Obama. We've never seen, never heard from anybody, essentially, that he went to college with. Nobody knows you know, how he did in college. It's a big mystery. Well, his best you know, friend, knows. his best friend's Just, now his wife. Uh, what's that? I said his best friend's now his wife. That's why we haven't heard anything. Right. That's true. We don't even know much about his chef drowning in three feet of water with no clothes on. <laughs> that was a big story <laughs> for about 10 minutes. And it just kind of went away. And it's just as usual. You want to say this guy's not credible. You want to say he's, he's, he's a, a shady character. Fine. But you can't tell me if he said the same thing about Brett Kavanaugh, that it wouldn't be leading the news. I mean, Brett, they led the news with that Julie Swetnick who said Brett Kavanaugh raped her on a boat in Rhode Island, just completely made it up. And her lawyer, Michael Avenatti, was on CNN and MSNBC every day. Um, people were celebrating when Trump was, he was acquitted for the rape of E. Jean Carroll, but he has to give her five million bucks. She doesn't even know when she was raped. She doesn't know where. I mean, she, knows she made up a thing about being in the dressing room. Trump insists he's never even met her. 
there was some real questions there, but it doesn't matter if it's Donald Trump. It's, you know, it, it leads. It leads if it's Trump. And the more embarrassing, the better. This guy, I assume, is... Uh, He's going to get into details as Ironhead and I were just talking about how graphic is it going to be? I'm not sure. All I know is Tucker doesn't give a damn about the people who are going to attack him over this. And they will, if they mention it at all, they're going to attack him and saying he's given a platform to this lunatic. But uh, let's listen to the little teaser trailer that Tucker dropped yesterday. And again, 6 PM tonight, uh, he'll be posting his video, uh, Surprised he's not doing it at eight o'clock. That would seems like it'd be more mischievous because that's his old time slot, but there'll be a lot of people checking it out. I mean, even if you hate Tucker, even if you love Barack Obama, don't you want to hear this guy's story? (laughs) Don't you want to hear the details of what he claims he did with Barack Obama? We'll get to the, we'll, we'll, we'll do the teaser. I'll tell you about Larry Sinclair. I'll give you the truth here. He's not exactly squeaky clean. We're going to get to the most embarrassing moment for Dementia Joe, the uh, the uh, nursing home patient in the White House. What he did yesterday was so bizarre, so inexcusable, so weird, just strange. We'll show you that video and tell you about it. Uh, the leader of the Proud Boys sentenced to 22 years in prison, and he wasn't at the Capitol on January 6th. There's been a lot of miscarriage of justices, miscarriages of justice in the January 6th case, this could be the wildest. And he's, 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 I mean, he's, he's, uh, he's a man of color. He got 22 years. If he murdered someone and got 22 years, there's people in the media, there's people, there's Democrats, there's liberals who would say that's excessive. Not only did he not murder anyone, he didn't walk, he didn't go to the Capitol. He didn't walk in the Capitol. He didn't assault a cop. He didn't break a window. He did none of that. He sent text messages and he's doing 22 years. We'll go over that. And some of the, uh, some of the comps out there from the old BLM riots, it really is insane what's happening. We do live in a police state. We do live in a, uh, in a banana Republic. Got some uh, great answers from KJP yesterday. She was getting grilled. It was, there was a deucey moment. We got to play for you. And as predicted, elementary schools are now mandating masks for six and seven-year-olds. The insanity has begun and it's not stopping, man. It is going to get worse every day. People better be ready. Uh, well, we can talk about that in the, in the people who are uh, insisting you do not comply. It sounds great. I hear lots of people, you know, lots of people, lots of podcasters and cable news hosts and people on social media say, do not comply. I need someone to tell me how a third grader can do that. Do not comply. A third grader said, no, I'm not, not doing it. Okay. Then go home. They kick him out of school. What's he supposed to do then? What if he, what what if he wants to go to that school? What if that's in his neighborhood? What are those? If he was in that school with his friends, you expect them to do not comply. Children obviously shouldn't be masked. It's insane. It's child abuse, but I need someone to explain to me how a child is supposed to resist how a child is supposed to do not comply. It's it's a tough one, which is why probably they're starting with the children. They'll work their way up from that. But we're all going to be facing mandates somewhere at restaurants and malls and planes and work. It's going to get crazy, as we've been telling you. But uh, speaking of crazy, let's start with this. This is just so wild. How long is this, Ironhead? A minute? A minute, six seconds, I believe. 
I'll course. give them credit. They put some of the good stuff in the trailer. You know? It's just like, just like with a movie, they put some of the good stuff in the trailer. I'm not sure if he's going to do an hour with this guy, an hour of him talking about his experience, his relationship with the 40, what, 44th president. That's going to be something, but let's, let's check this out. Go ahead. You're just a guy who's in town for the night, and it sounds like you're looking to party. Yes. Pulled up <laughs> in a bar outside, and there's this guy that's introduced to me as Barack Obama. I had given Barack $250 to pay for Coke. I start putting a line on a CD tray to snort, and next thing I know, he's got a little pipe and he's smoking. So I just started rubbing my hand along his thigh to see where it was going, and it went the direction I had intended it to go. Even though you had sex with him twice, you did cocaine with him, watched him smoke crack twice. You had no idea who he was. I had no idea who he was. Let me just ask the obvious question. What was Obama like on crack? Um, is it your sense that that's who Obama is? Just transactional or that he's bisexual or like, what is that? It definitely wasn't Barack's first time. And I would almost be willing to bet you it wasn't as long. The guy's running for president <laughs> and credible information comes out that he's smoking crack and having sex with dudes. That seems like a story. Well, it would be a story <laughs> if the media really cared about telling people the truth. Wow. That's one minute uh, of, I assume, I don't know, 45, 50 minutes, maybe an hour for this guy. Um, and I, as I said, nobody is touching it so far. Nobody is covering it except for the Daily Mail. They write... Tucker Carlson is planning to air an interview with a convicted con artist who claims he engaged in drug-fueled sex with Barack Obama. Oh, man, if this were a, you know, a Republican, if this were, hey, it doesn't even have to be Trump, if this were if this were Bush, or if this were Romney, I'd be all over it, too. If this were <laughs> Mitt Romney, wouldn't you love to hear from some, some guy claiming he did blow with Mitt Romney? The reason uh, that this Sinclair, interview... I was going to say, the reason this interview is going to be good and you know Tucker is going to ask all the dirty questions is look at right. his face oh. that's on the screen right now. He's just very you eager. It'll be like, you think it'll be like um, uh, Bill Maher with uh, Riley Gaines when he had the interview with Riley Gaines and he kept pressing her on what uh, Leah Thomas's uh, package looked like? A thousand, <laughs> per- a thousand percent. <laughs> Describe it for me, please, Larry. Uh, Sinclair first aired his claims during the 2018 20- 2008 election, including at a press conference that ended with his arrest on an outstanding warrant. And it says he's never offered proof of his allegations. I'm not sure what kind of proof you could offer. I mean, I guess a text message uh, back then that you expect Barack to be texting his uh, lover. I'm not sure. He's married. He's a politician. He was a state senator. Uh, in the teaser clip, Sinclair is seen claiming that he gave Barack $250 and that had a sexual liaison, but check this out. And, uh, you know, I'm still going to watch. I'll make my judgment tonight. Uh, they, they reached out to Obama's office and did not get a comment. They come, they wanted a comment from Obama on this. I'm pretty sure you're going to get nothing. Uh, you, you know what else Obama has not done, which is amazing. He's not been to Maui. As far as I can tell, he's done nothing for the people of Maui, the, the most famous Hawaiian in the world. And we haven't seen him on the ground. At least Biden went there. He talked about his cat and his Corvette. But Biden went to Maui. Where the hell is Barack Obama? Maybe he's <laughs> busy doing coke and having sex with dudes, or as is, the guy says. Yeah, or his hands still smell like lighter fluid. Sinclair has a lengthy criminal history, including convictions of forgery, fraud, and larceny. 
and has served prison time in Arizona, Florida, and Colorado. Uh, Politico reported on the saga when it first broke in 08 and said uh, uh, they've been unable to substantiate his allegations. He, he rented a room, I didn't remember this, in two, uh, 2008, did a press conference talk, talk, talking about his relationship with Obama. And then when the press conference was over, they arrested him. Uh, but he's got all kinds of questionable stuff in his background, which I assume uh, I assume Tucker knows. So there, there is a dilemma right now at MSNBC and CNN and, and New York Times and uh, Washington Post is, do they attack this guy? Do they go through this history of fraud and, uh, and uh, plagiarism, not plagiarism, forgery? Plagiarism's the guy in the White House now, but do they attack him because God knows there's some material there or do they ignore him? That's what they're talking about right now at the Washington Post. My guess is they will ignore him, even though it's going to get a million clicks as Tucker has all his videos have been viewed by tens of millions of people on uh, Twitter. He beats the hell out of any cable news network every time he posts one of these videos. And this will probably I mean, it won't get more than Trump did. But it'll get it'll get a lot of clicks, a lot of views, a lot of buzz, and it's going to be tough to ignore. They will do their best, I have no doubt. But uh, you know what Tucker should do? He should find one of those crazy like Kavanaugh ladies and interview her next week, and then the media will cover every little detail about how Kavanaugh, you know, was uh, raping them on a boat or something. But uh, they're going to ignore this one. We won't. We'll watch. We'll talk about it. We'll see. uh, We'll see what Larry has to say. I, I can't believe I don't remember him from 2008, but I don't. I guess they, they did their job. The media did their job and ignored him completely, sort of the way they did with Tony Bobolinsky and Devin Archer and Victor Shokin and everybody making credible, credible accusations against the sitting president, the buffoon in the White House, who yesterday, and I say this all the time, I'll say it again, Biden sucks in every aspect of the job. We know that he, he, he is in the in the polls show. It. Everybody knows handling the economy, the border, you name it. Crime. He's terrible at every aspect of the job. But the remarkable thing is he's terrible at the easiest parts of the job of being president. There's many things about being president, many duties, many roles where you say, I couldn't do that. That would be tough. You know, negotiating a, a whatever a I was going to say a peace deal, but he doesn't do that either. Negotiating with Congress. I would hate to do that. I wouldn't want to do it. This is easy. Just kind of like showing up in Maui and not talking about your cat or showing up in Florida and not talking about climate change. Just console the people. Look at the damage. Shake some hands. That's really easy. That's the part anybody should be able to do. He's remarkably bad at it. Yesterday, he awarded the Medal of Honor to an absolute stud. Uh, I'll get into what this guy did to earn the Medal of Honor. His name is Larry uh, Taylor, a pilot, a helicopter pilot who uh, ignored orders and saved four trapped uh, soldiers in Vietnam. Uh, I'll, I'll get to it. It's amazing what this man did. I'm not sure why we had to wait so long to get his Medal of Honor, but he got it yesterday. It was nice. Uh, Joe Biden took his mask off. Joe Biden's masked up because Dr. Jill got COVID and because, you know, he wants to virtue signal. So he's masked up. He's masked up on the way to the press conference. And then when he gets six inches away from an 81 year old guy, he takes the mask off. That's not the bizarre part. 
he gives, he clips the metal around him. It's a nice ceremony. Again, easy job. Clip the metal, shake his hand, salute him, stand there. They have, they have a prayer after they get the medal, a prayer. Joe Biden didn't stick around for the prayer. He didn't stick around for anything. In the past, he has, as he's stood there as long as he's supposed to. But for some reason, Dementia Joe just up and walks out of the ceremony and doesn't go the back way. You know, he usually can't figure out which way to exit. Well, I think he's come to a... a, a he was very determined. He's, yeah. He's, yeah, I think he's found a way to get out of the room. Just go right through the crowd, right down the center aisle. And I don't know if Secret Service was a little nervous about this, but the people in the crowd are looking at him. Again, this is more a visual than an audio. Uh, uh, obviously, usually we play some of uh, his verbal gaffes, and we have some of those. But this is so unbelievable. He is a lost soul. He's a confused, frail, lost old man. And he's uh, up there with another old man, but this, the old man he's up there with has accomplished, accomplished more in one night in Vietnam than this hack has uh, accomplished in 50 years in, uh, in Washington, in politics. And by the way, we all have to thank the people of Pennsylvania for electing him to the Senate. He served six, six terms in the Senate for, uh, for Delaware, but he wants you to know, Thanks to people in Pennsylvania. We'll get to that. It's so strange. That's so weird. This is worse. I can describe it, but uh, yeah, you just must see it. If you're just listening, find the uh, find the video and watch it. It is so strange. I think this is the strangest dementia moment he has had. But uh, let's watch. Watch the lady on the side here. Watch this. She just looks at the little woman. Looks at her and goes, what the hell is he doing? What's he doing here? And the here? announcer <laughs> has to pick it up from there. Wait. And the poor guy, Larry Taylor, the, the hero, is just standing on the stage by himself. He doesn't know what to do. He's like, where did the other guy go? His, depend, oh, his depends keep, were filled up, I think. Going. Let's keep it going. They're all looking Ladies around going, please join me. For the benediction. So Biden left Most before holy the God, benediction. We thank you. <laughs> now, they're praying. Maybe he didn't want to stick around and pray, but uh, I'm pretty sure he was supposed to. And this is amazing because as we've seen, we've seen some of the people that, uh, that uh, Joe Biden has honored in the white house. Couple come to mind. The um, transgender activist. Remember he had that day on the Rose garden, with transgender and one and one guy flashed his boobs, his big fake breasts, and Good. the other guys were were yeah. women who flashed their scars because they had uh, top surgery. He spent more time with those lunatics than he did with Larry uh, Taylor. And gee, do you think Larry Taylor earned his day? Check this out. This is from uh, the Department of Defense uh, website. On the night of June eighteenth, nineteen sixty eight, near the Hamlet of Apgo Kong, South Vietnam. Army First Lieutenant Taylor was flying a Cobra attack helicopter when he received a radio call for help. He heard a whisper coming through his radio. We are surrounded. We are surrounded, he said. The call came from a four-man reconnaissance team that was surrounded by 100 enemy soldiers. Because of total darkness, Taylor couldn't determine the exact location of the team 
So he asked them to launch a flare, a move that would reveal their location to him, to him and the enemy. Taylor and his wingman flew dangerously low, firing thousands of rounds against enemy positions and running low on fuel. Uh, at that point, according to Army standards, he could have left the fight. He was ordered to give it up and come home and abandon them. Enemy, round, enemy rounds hit the Cobra multiple times. Having expended his ammunition, Taylor used the Cobra's landing lights to draw the enemy's attention while the patrol team headed to the extraction point that Taylor had designated. The two-man Cobra helicopter is not designed to carry any passengers, but Taylor was going to try. Under heavy enemy fire, Taylor landed the helicopter at the extraction point, and the four soldiers climbed on the skids and rocket pods. Taylor then flew them all to safety and out of harm's way. Man, that is a stud. He was worthy of about you know 10 seconds of Joe Biden's time. But man, why did he have to wait? I've been reading this morning. I read a couple stories about him. I'm not sure why he had to wait 50 years to get his, uh, you know, 50, whatever it is, 55 years to get his Medal of Honor. Sounds like the definition of a Medal of Honor recipient. But it was nice to see. He got a little choked up. He wiped away tears, wondering where the hell the president went. But uh, if maybe- I can, if I can defend Joe Biden real quick, that that guy did have a really nice rack that day. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the guy did. Uh, although they apologized and they said they're never inviting him back. The, the transgender lunatic or any of the other ones who flashed their whatever their scarred chests or or that guy. But uh, he took selfies with them and spent time with them. And I'm just. You know, it's, it's close, but I think he spent more time with those weirdos than he did with Larry Taylor. But uh, all right, before we uh, move on, we got to get to Joe Biden. <laughs> you know what? This is funny. This is a daily, daily, daily verbal gaffe. By the way, he's heading to to uh, Far East. He's heading to Vietnam. Maybe he'll go visit the the, the hamlet the site, there yeah. <laughs> uh, with, with Larry Taylor was so heroic, but he's heading over there for the G20. We are in for some real Biden moments. I mean, he's going to be exhausted. He's going to be confused. He's going to be shaking hands with the air and walking in the wrong direction. Get ready. It's going to get worse. It always does. But this is Biden yesterday or two days, uh, yesterday or two days ago, whatever. He's in Pennsylvania and he wants to know, he wants the Pennsylvanians to know how grateful he is for their support in electing him to the Senate. <laughs> Go ahead, play it. It's good to be almost home. You know, I wouldn't have been elected to the United States Senate in the first place were it not for Philadelphia. That's not a joke. All the help and support I got from Philly. <laughs> what the hell does that mean? You you wouldn't be elected to the Senate if not for the people of Philadelphia? Is he talking? Did they sneak over the border and vote for him? <laughs> <laughs> What a buffoon. It is frightening. Let's get to this poll, by the way. Uh, all the media is talking about this as well. They should. This is amazing. There's nobody, nobody who uh, wants Joe Biden to run. Nobody. I mean, maybe Jill, because she's so power hungry. Maybe Hunter, because <laughs> that's the way he can stay out of prison. But a uh, new Wall Street Journal poll shows that an overwhelming majority of the country and even a supermajority of Democrats believe Joe Biden is too old to run for a second term in the Oval Office. Seventy three percent of those surveyed and two thirds of Democrats 
told pollsters the 80-year-old bud would not be up for another four years in office. The poll indicates that a rematch between Biden and Donald Trump would begin in a dead heat. <laughs> and all the media can't believe that it's a dead heat because, you know, Trump's facing 91 felony counts. I think they're uh, misreading that one. I can't believe it's a dead heat that anybody is voting for that empty husk in the White House. But that is amazing. Two thirds of Democrats. And that that's skewed because there are some who are going to support him no matter what, because he's a Democrat. But they all know he's too old. They all know he's incapable of fulfilling the duties now. He's got another year and a half of this embarrassment of him walking out of Medal of Honor ceremonies, of him thanking Pennsylvania, of him wandering aimlessly or talking about his cat or his Corvette or his son, Bo, at inappropriate times. So it's going to get worse. Those numbers will go up. But you can't get 73% of people to agree on anything politically because there are so many Republicans and Democrats, hardcore zealots, who will never vote uh, you know, uh, uh, in any way against the party. But this guy is 73% of Americans say he's too old and the other 27% are lying. That's where we are right now. (laughs) Of course, nobody wants the alternative. So if he stepped down today, if he fell down today, if he, whatever, had another aneurysm, broke a hip, uh, that the, the woman who's, I, I don't even know the answer to this. Who is better suited to serve as president today, the vice president or the president? They're both just so wildly, incompetent. I'm not sure if the country, I mean, obviously they know Biden's corrupt. They know he's old. They know he's got dementia, but this is the alternative. Again, she is just so, so bad at the job. She hasn't made any appearances in like a month. She's been hiding. And now she comes out and does an interview and just talks gibberish. She was asked by the way, if she's ready to move, slide into the big chair and serve as president. And she said, oh, you know, Joe's doing a great job. He's fine. He's wonderful. But of course I'm ready. And everybody knows that's not true. But uh, I'm not even sure what the question is, but listen to this answer and tell me that that she could last serve one day as commander in chief. It would be just comical. It'd be the end of the Republic if this person were to be, uh, to ascend to the throne. But, uh, Let's listen to her answer yesterday. Go ahead. I feel very strongly about um, the importance as a general matter of engaging in U.S. policy as it relates to foreign affairs in a way that we pay attention, of course, to the immediate concerns and threats if they exist, but that we also pay attention to 10, 20, 30 years down the line and what we are developing now that will be to the benefit of our country then. <laughs> that, is, that is your vice president. God, that is uh, diversity, celebrating diversity right there. And uh, that is scary. Joe Biden has 16 months to go. You think he can hang on for 16 months? It's uh, questionable. And that's the person who serves the rest of the term if he does indeed go down with something debilitating, which is highly likely at this point. But uh, all right, we got much more to get to. We got to get to this uh, Enrique Tarrio sentence, 22 years for the leader of the Proud Boys who wasn't at the Capitol. It's just unbelievable. The two-tiered justice system is getting worse, not better at this point. It's just insane that people are plotting this. They're happy. They're thrilled. I've been tweeting about it and get, I hear from lots of people. We'll say, good, you know, you, you commit the crime, you do the time. 
what he texted said you go boys or what i mean i mean i thought <laughs> that you were allowed to speak in this country and text without going to prison pre, prison for decades and uh, we got a Ducey moment too with kjp which is which is almost unfair you know when Ducey goes on the attack it's almost it's like picking on a on a you know a child or picking on a, a nursing home patient or whatever picking on uh, Kareem Jean-Pierre and picking on Joe Biden, but it's uh, worth playing, worth listening to. We'll get to that. And the latest in the mask mandate madness, which as we predicted is coming and it's coming fast. Hi, this is for you men over 40. Are you tired of having your sleep interrupted by multiple trips to the bathroom at night? Well, you're not alone. Over half of men over 40 experience age-related concerns with their prostate. Fortunately, prominent holistic medical doctor David Brownstein believes that aging prostate concerns do not need to be inevitable. That's why Dr. Brownstein developed Prostate Revive, a powerful dietary supplement containing a unique blend of 15 key ingredients to promote prostate health and help alleviate the annoying symptoms of an aging prostate. So, men, as part of the special promotion, now you can get your own 30-day supply of Prostate Revive with an advanced formula containing a beta-cytosterol, sol palmetto, and a total of 15 prostate helpers in two capsules. You simply cover the $4.95 shipping and handling charge to get your trial supply. After your trial bottle, you'll continue to receive Prostate Revive for less than a dollar a day. You can opt out or opt in at any time with no further opt obligation so try prostate revive today at just 495 act right now to get a bottle of prostate revive and our special report a doctor's guide to a healthy prostate as a special bonus gift order now at tryprostaterevive.com or call 800-400-7890 that's prostaterevive.com or call 800-400-7890 this product is not intended to diagnose prevent treat or cure any disease all right before we get to the uh uh, the, the the stiffest sentence yet for a January 6th. There was over 1,100 arrested. I believe 600 and some have been sentenced to already. This was the worst, most severe punishment yet, and the guy wasn't there. But I want to do this uh, Ducey moment first because this made me laugh. There were people uh, who were criticizing... Um, there were people who were criticizing uh, uh, Ducey for being, you know, kind of a gotcha question or just a grandstanding, but I don't care. I like these. I mean, Trump got them every day from everyone in the media. You know, why do you lie so much? And they yell at him and it was confrontational every day. Biden obviously doesn't appear before the media. He hides. So this absolute, absolutely incompetent clown has to go before the media every day. And Ducey just unloads. It, it's uh, he's asking a question about the book. The claim in the book, this new book about Biden is out, and they claim that the White House staff treats him like a baby. They talked about the time Biden said that Putin must go. This man cannot remain in office, and they were scrambling to issue a correction because he can't. Yeah, you're going to say you want to remove Putin? Just another big step to a World War Three. And they mentioned a few other t- times when there was a cleanup on aisle Biden uh, and they hand him his note cards and they tell him who to call on and they tell him who not to call on and they write the answers out for him when he you know, goes to Florida to talk about climate change. He reads a script. He, they do indeed treat him like a child. And Ducey asked her about it. Go ahead. 
Ukraine, President Biden is the oldest president in U.S. history. Why does White House staff treat him like a baby? No one treats the president of the United States, the commander in chief, uh, like a baby. So there's this book that says That's ridiculous. when staff ridiculous claim. what sounded like a call for regime change in Russia, the president, uh, quote, rather than owning his failure, he fumed to friends about how he was treated like a toddler. Was John Kennedy ever baby like that? So look, uh, I'll say this. Um, there's going to be a range, always a range of books uh, that are uh, about every administration, as you know, uh, that's going to have a variety of claims. That is not unusual. That happens all the time. And we're not going to litigate those here. That's something that we're not going to uh, speak to. There is one thing that I do want to, because I think I was asked this question last week by one of your colleagues about this particular excerpt uh, that they uh, were referring to. And so I'll say this. You know, we did see the excerpt, excerpt uh, the context uh, of the excerpt, and it seemed to be making the opposite overall point about how the value of his experience and wisdom resulted in rallying the free world against authoritarianism, which is important. We have seen this. You all have seen this. And passage of the most historic agenda in recent history and his handling of foreign policy, like rallying the world around Ukraine, as you just heard from our national security, national security advisor, oh, who laid wow. out in really good questions that your colleagues asked about how the president is moving forward, about Ukraine, uh, about kind of leading into these conversations that he's going to be having at the G. Oh, shut up. Shut up. Yeah, he's going to be having questions and he's not going to answer them. He's not going to face the media at all at the G20. By the way, Blinken is in uh, Ukraine. If uh, you're just waking up or just tuning, tuning in, Blinken is in Ukraine uh, giving them billions more of your hard-earned money. $700 for the people of Maui, $120 billion so far and counting for the people of Kiev. That's the deal. That's the America last policy of this administration. But uh, we also got... Uh, KJP yesterday, you got that short clip of being asked about uh, uh, Dr. Jill getting COVID. This, this is, um, I can't believe people still say this. They get COVID and they say, thank God I'm vaxxed. You know, like what? I mean, it's, it's again, it's like, uh, it's, it's like you, you're wearing a condom and you know, your partner gets pregnant and you say, thank God I was wearing a condom or <laughs> she would have been more pregnant. What? You got COVID. That means it didn't work. Why can't you just admit it? It's just so nuts. But let's listen to her say it because it is funny to hear. Go ahead. You know, we know that these vaccines work, right? We know when people stay up to date with their vaccine, that works. Uh, and I think the way to get past the vaccine is just keep reminding everyone that it was Trump's idea. Oh, that's a that's a good point. Trump's going to have to answer for that at some point, uh, you know, giving an award, speaking of presidents giving awards, giving an award to Dr. Fauci on his last day in office and bragging about how the vaccine was a miracle and how he got it done in record time. But you can talk about Dr. Jill. She's twice boosted, twice vaxxed, and she got COVID again. And their response is, thank God she's vaxxed. I mean, at what point do you move on from that response that what if I weren't vaxxed? What would happen to her? You think? I mean, what, what, would the, it would just be worse? I don't, I don't even understand the logic behind bragging that you're twice boosted, twice vaxxed, like Harold Ford Jr. bragging that he's been vaxxed seven times and he's had COVID three times. What do you think would have happened if he didn't get vaxxed, Harold? Could you explain that? They never asked him that. They should have. But we'll get to the, uh, the latest on the vax, on the mask madness. But I want to do this. This story is just, to me, 
wild. Um, yesterday, if you missed it, uh, this is from uh, CBS News, I believe. The, uh, the leader of the Proud Boys said the one-time chairman of the Proud Boys, Enrique Tarrio, was sentenced to 22 years in prison on Tuesday, the longest prison sentence imposed in the Justice Department's sprawling investigation into the uh, January 6th Capitol breach. Prosecutors had recommended 33 years in prison. (sighs) Henry Enrique Tarrio has been in jail since his 2022 arrest and was convicted earlier on multiple charges, including seditious conspiracy. There's the key. Like his co-defendants, the jurors did not convict him on every count he faced at the time. Uh, um, One of his co-defendants, Ethan Nordine, got 18 years, um, while others were sentenced between 10 and 17. Joe Biggs got 17 years for pushing a barrier toward police. Now, if you watched any BLM riots, Antifa riots in the summer of 2020 or fall or spring, you know, it went on, they went on for months and months and months. It was a nightly occurrence where protesters pushed barriers at cops, assaulted cops, threw things I say this, I said this on day one, the reason the people on January 6th, many of them morons and criminals who deserve to be punished, but not over punished, not, not uh, treated like some kind of examples because they oppose the current regime. Um, This guy gets 22 years. The reason so many people felt free to climb in the Capitol or push back at cops or push barriers at cops is because they had spent the previous eight months watching their fellow Americans do that nightly and pay no price. They didn't think it was obviously they didn't think it was going to be this kind of uh, criminal uh, uh, case where you get charged with seditious conspiracy and you go away for decades. They watched BLM did it. Antifa did it. And most of them didn't spend a day in jail. They thought this was kind of okay in America today, but they're on the wrong team. They do not support the current regime, which controls the DOJ, the FBI. We know it. Uh, Terrio wasn't present at the Capitol, but prosecutors in their sentencing papers described him as the primary organizer. He used his influence to condone and promote violence, adding that he was a general rather than a soldier. So he wasn't there. And Terrio began posting on social media and in message groups about the civil war threatening no Trump, no peace, no quarter. So that's essentially what he was convicted of, rooting them on, supporting them. Let me see. Can I think of anybody who supported the BLM riots? Oh, that's right. The vice president said they won't stop and they shouldn't stop as they were burning federal buildings. They won't stop. They shouldn't stop. Sounds to me like she was supporting from afar. She uh, gave to a bail fund for rioters in Minneapolis who killed people, who burned a police station to the ground. We'll get to that guy. Oh, let's say, oh, Ayanna Presley said there should be civil unrest in the streets as long as there's unrest in our lives. So Ayanna Presley, Nancy Pelosi supported them, said she supported the rioters who were burning cities, who were attacking cops, hurting cops, our political elites supported that. So now you have this guy, this man of color, who says uh, Cuban, whatever he is, African-American, who would be a sympathetic figure, certainly, if he got 22 years for supporting BLM, which, again, would never, ever happen. But 
here's the difference. I mean, it's this, it's just so, so obvious and so wrong. The BLM rioters, not only did they not go to prison for the most part, I mean, a couple did. Let me go look at a couple. Let's see. Dylan Shakespeare Robinson. Do you know who that is, Ironhead? I do not. The guy who burned down the police station in Minneapolis, threw a Molotov cocktail into the police station, burning it to the ground where cops had to run for their lives, essentially trying to kill cops. He got four years. Um, the two lawyers in uh, New York who firebombed a cruiser, again, trying to kill cops, they got one year. Antifa scum lawyers in New York, one year. Joe Biggs, who pushed a barrier toward the cops and spent 20 minutes wandering around the Capitol, got 17 years. Again, let me think of other people who disrupted federal proceedings. Oh, yeah, there was the crowd who stormed into the Senate hearing confirmation hearing for Kavanaugh during the proceeding. How many of them went to prison? Oh, that would be zero. How about June 2020 when the Antifa mob, the BLM mob attacked the White House, forcing Trump to go to the bunker? (laughs) That sounds pretty scary, pretty serious. Those people didn't even, for the most part, get arrested. Most of them didn't spend a day in jail. That was just and they were rooting that on. Oh, and then we have this too. You know what happened to the BLM rioters who were arrested in Denver? They were awarded $4.72 million for their troubles because the cops were a little rough. Tell that to Roseanne Boylan. Tell that to uh, Ashley Babbitt. The cops in New York City, they did the same. When they arrested BLM and Antifa scum in twenty uh, summer of 2020, they had to pay the rioters $13.7 million because they were too rough. So Ashley Babbitt gets a bullet in the neck and the guy who shot her, Michael Byrd, gets an award and gets promoted to captain. The peop- the cops who arrested BLM protesters who were attacking them, throwing things, bricks, rocks, lasers, setting businesses on fire, cars on fire. Those people who did that Get $13.7 million. I'm sorry. I understand. But Democrats hate you know, Trump supporters. They hate the Proud Boys. They hate the Oath Keepers. They hate anybody who wandered around the Capitol. They hate Jacob Chansley. But can you honestly tell me that this guy we're looking at right now, Enrique Tyro, deserves 22 years in prison? Uh I mean, there's countless examples. If you're online, if you're in social media, you see countless examples of people who have murdered people and got less time than Joe Biggs or Enrique Tarrio. And for some reason, it just, you know, okay, he's a, he's a bad guy. Um, look at the story. They call him a, the uh, AP calls him a neo-fascist. And I'm not sure what that means, but it's not good. Uh, and, uh, they they have no problem with it. I'm, I read a dozen stories about this today. Nobody except the, the crazy right-wingers, podcasters, seem to care that a guy who texted them and say, you know, let's go, let's no Trump, no peace, gets two more than two days. He's already been in prison for two and a half years. So he's got another 20 to go. I, I just find it amazing. They burned a church across from the White House, burned a church and nobody went to prison for, for years. Nobody. Nobody cared. It was just, you know, social, it was for social justice. As long as it's not for Trump, as long as it's for social justice or racial justice or police brutality, 
that's fine. Burn away, destroy lives, destroy businesses. The guy who murdered, who burned up, uh, I got to get this one. I got to get this one too. In Minneapolis, it was in Minneapolis, burned a building and someone was inside it, killed the guy, got 10 years, 10 years for burning a building during the George Floyd riots and murdering somebody in the process, got 10 years. This guy who texted his friends and whatever, I mean, even if he said, go in there and kill everybody, it's just words. It's just a text. It's just a social media post. At this point, if you're an enemy of the regime, if you are against Biden and the entire corrupt system, you you don't have the right to scream, to yell, to tweet, to text, uh, or they will call you a seditious conspiracyist or whatever, a traitor, a tra- uh, traitor to the country and put you in prison for decades. This should be, this should frighten everybody. And uh, you'll see, you'll see online today, if you're looking, you'll see all kinds of examples of people who didn't spend a day in jail. People tweeting about, uh, you know, the Kavanaugh proceedings, stopping the confirmation process of a Supreme Court justice. Nobody did a day in jail. Uh, we got more. We got more. Let me get, I'm going to get the guy's name who killed and did 10 years. How does this not bother? I mean, it should bother every decent American that we're at this point in this country. But uh, it doesn't because Trump must be stopped. Trump's facing 91 felonies. They would like to see him go to prison like Tario for 20 years and die in prison. That would be ideal if you are, uh, if you are a uh, Biden supporter. But anyway, that I think this is it for, um, for harsh sentences for the uh, January 6th. This is it. These are the bad guys, the real bad guys, you know, cause they, they are proud boys and oath keepers. And that's scary. Put them all, make them all die in prison. Uh, I can't find it. I'm trying to find the name of the guy who did, who murdered. Oh, we got people that I'm looking right now at the Kavanaugh proceedings. They stormed the Senate uh, chamber and stopped the proceedings. And I don't think any of them even got arrested. Uh, here it is. And BLM Ryer from Andy No who set a Minneapolis shop on fire and burned a man to death was sentenced to 10 years in federal prison by the Biden DOJ. This wasn't a local case. It was a federal case. Um, Former acting U S attorney from Minnesota, Anders folk asked for the light sentence. So the prosecutor asked for a light sentence for a protester, a scumbag Antifa BLM rider, for a light sentence for murdering somebody. 10 years, 10 years. Oh, we live in a banana republic, but uh, at least, you know, we'll all be masked up soon. Can't wait. Let me do, uh, let me do Shay, and then we'll get to the latest, the creeping COVID authoritarianism coming, that creeped, creeping COVID uh, madness, which is coming our way, everybody's way. Get ready. As you know, Shea Concrete has a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. This is your spring project, people. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great uh, values on designs that will fit your home. A new staircase can dramatically upgrade 
the front entrance of your home, giving you much better curb appeal. Make your front steps the talk of the town and do it now. Do it this spring. No reason not to. You know that removing the stairs is a pain. They're heavy. They're awkward. And where do you take them when you get rid of them? Shea will take care of all that for you. They Leave it to them. When they're done, you'll have a great-looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's more than an upgrade. It's an investment. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you'll get a brand-new front entrance. Learn more at SheaConcrete.com. And while you're there, you can look for a job. Shea Concrete is hiring. Right now, they have between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people and skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. That's it. Go to shakeconcrete.com. Are your kids masked up yet, Ironhead? <laughs> no. No, they are not. Let me ask you this, because yeah. you're a big do not comply guy. You're very proud of yourself that you don't comply, which I respect. I'm going to do my best to not comply. I will not go to a restaurant if they say you need a mask. I won't. I won't go to a, a you know store if the guy stops you at the front and says you can't come in without a mask. I won't go in. I mean, that's the way it has to be. Well, everybody knows at that point. We didn't know three years ago. We didn't know masks didn't work. We know that now. We know that they're, they've been lying. They're lying still. Uh, we know they don't really believe it. That's why Joe Biden takes his mask off and breathes on an 81-year-old man. Uh, yesterday because he knows it's just for show. Everybody knows it's just for show. There's no proof they work against COVID. It's just a way to show you who is in control. And there's also a lot of really dumb people who somehow think that it makes a difference and don't read up and don't pay attention. They just say, oh, masks, ah, that'll help. You know, like it doesn't help. It doesn't work. But what do you do if you're a kid? How What grade is your oldest Second, second grade, second grade. What is a second grader supposed to do if the um, teacher, the principal says, you got to wear a mask? What are they supposed to do? Go home and say, I'm not going to that school anymore. It's just uh, it sounds good. And I'm uh, I'm all for it to say, do not comply. But it doesn't in reality, it doesn't work. A third grader, a second grader, a 10 year old, a 12 year old can't go and tell his teacher, I'm not doing it. They'll make, they'll bring him to the principal. They'll call the cop. I need someone to explain it to me how you can do, how you can not comply if you are a, uh, a kid. I mean, I did, I've explained before. I, I wanted to travel. I wanted to visit my daughter. I had to uh, get the COVID card, uh, the, the, the Vax card to get on. I thought to get on a plane. And uh, I mean, I don't know what I'll do if it comes down to that. Uh, but I'm not sure what the kids in, Let's see. What is this? Uh, the kids in uh, Montgomery County, um, Maryland. Is that the, uh, the oh, that's just the letter they sent home to the parents. Rosemary Hills in Montgomery, Rosemary Hills Elementary School in Montgomery County, Maryland. This is, I would say, the first, but it is not the last. This is coming. They said, send the letter home to the parents. They said, list letters to inform you that three or more individuals have tested positive in the past 10 days. We're taking the following steps to keep our school environment as safe as possible uh, for in-person teaching and learning and to prevent further transmission. Okay, right there. We're, we're done. It doesn't prevent further transmission. We know it. They know it. Well, maybe they don't. Again, this is for elementary school children who have to start wearing N95s. 
this is child abuse. This is this this is the the people who are most affected because they're trying to learn and they can't see people's faces and they can't hear people and it's very uncomfortable and they're sitting there all day breathing in their own fumes and they're not uh, vulnerable to uh, COVID. I mean, even if they get, I mean, I'm sure why a kid's being tested. Why is a third grader being tested? Or maybe it's teachers and principals, but uh, fine, you get COVID, stay home for a day or two. But third graders don't get really bad uh, symptoms. Then they're not going to die. They're not going to be hospitalized. They probably won't even know it. The only way to handle this is to ignore it. Treat it like the flu. Stay home if if you're sick or, or come to school if you don't feel any symptoms. But so what if a third grader tests positive? Who cares? They'll build up immunity. They'll be fine in two days. Uh, just it's so frustrating. Picking on the kids is one thing. This is from the principal, Rebecca Irwin Kennedy. Surprised she doesn't put her pronouns in her uh, uh, on the letter, but that's from the principal saying that they, I can't even imagine doing that to a second grader. Well, I mean, what are, what are you going to do, Ironhead, if they say that you, your kid can't come to school without a mask? You got to go to the other parents and tell them to do the same thing and they won't kick everyone out. I wonder if there'll be that. There'll be that. But you know how these people are, man. These are bureaucrats. They, they uh, These are tyrants. COVID brings out the worst in them. They think they're uh, virtue signaling, showing you how much they care. That's why you see people, you know, whatever, walking their dog already or, or riding a bike, walking on the beach. I've seen this with a mask because they think it is a way to show that they care about care more than you do. They don't read more than you do. (laughs) They don't pay attention to the latest news or studies or data. As we explained yesterday with uh, the evil elf who said the uh, masks work for individuals, just not for the whole community. (laughs) That's the explanation. You get the evil elf, which means, so if an individual puts on a mask and doesn't get COVID, see, it worked. But the whole town has COVID. Half the town has COVID. Oh, well, it doesn't work for everybody. <laughs> Just, he made no sense. He doesn't care. He's going all back in on the on the uh, COVID madness, and so is everybody else. If you can't, do not comply. I want someone to explain to me how a third grader isn't supposed to not comply, but do your best to push back. That's the only answer. You're right, Ironheads. Teacher, I mean, uh, parents should all get together and say, we got to do this together. Let's keep our kids out and tell them, they're not masking up. I can't, I mean, you can't learn. You can't see the teacher. You can't hear them. You can't see anyone's face. It's, it's, it's been a, a disaster for children these last three years. And they're going to double down and do it again. And soon enough, we'll hear about, ooh, mail-in balloting and early voting and every other measure that got that, that empty husk in the White House the first time. But Anyway, we will leave it there. We're going to watch Tucker tonight, six o'clock, see how it yeah, goes. Definitely. Graphic it is. And see if the media chooses to ignore or debunk, ignore or attack. That's the dilemma right now for the media. I'm guessing ignore, but maybe, maybe and when they see how many views it gets and how, what kind of buzz it generates, maybe they will go on the attack and try to destroy this uh, liberal Democrat gay man who uh, had a had a little uh, moment with Barack Obama but we'll leave it there for today thanks for listening and commenting thanks Ireland I'm Jerry Callahan this is the Callahan show and we'll do it again tomorrow God save the queen man am I the only one here tonight
Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Hi, it's Tony Marino, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast, your daily news bulletin of Newsmax's top headlines, along with commentary from our hosts and experts. You can learn more about all of the free podcasts, including Newsmax Daily, Rob Carson, and Jerry Callahan at Newsmax.com slash listen.